This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform where you can build your own personal website, online portfolio, or online store. It's fantastic. Or a little of all of them. Little column A, little column B, little column C. All three. No problems. Uh, you can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout for a free trial and 10% off. That's squarespace.com, offer code THUMBS, and yeah. Thanks, Squarespace. Oh, thanks, Sean. Big news. It's going to smell like feet in here later. That's no, the it's big not. News. My feet don't stink, first <laughs> off. Something I'm very proud the, of. Oh, we've talked about it. This, these feet don't stink. That's, feet. that's a classic bumper sticker <laughs> from, a, from a mid-state conservative truck. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Mid-state conservative. Whatever. We, it's, it's, that conversation my feet came and went. There are many gross things about me, but I do not have body. Not body odor is not one of them. That was actually the original line to 99 Problems. <laughs> there are many things about me, <laughs> but body odor is not, that are gross, but body odor is not one of them. <laughs> anyway, look, look, let's just try it out in the studio. This is my first draft. <laughs> I don't know. What is your big... What's, Fuck, what's turn me up my headphones. big fucking news? I have yeah. big fucking news. I want to hear it. I don't actually have any big news. I just wanted to get everybody excited <laughs> Fuck for you. a podcast about things. Man, you've had the opposite effect. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got people excited about a podcast about nothing, is what you mean. When you say I had the opposite effect. The Seinfeld podcast. Oof. Yes. <clears throat> yes, and. We don't shut people down here. Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Be good to your scene partner. <laughs> yes, and. Yes, and. It's the Seinfeld of podcast, and. It. And it's August 13th, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 171. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Sean Vanneman. And I'm Danielle Riendo. Hey, guys. What's up? Yo. Jake, you have <laughs> smarmy eyes right now. I, I got the, I've got the smarmy eyes. You got all smarmy eye yeah. McGee over there. Yeah. <laughs> smarmy eye McGee. Yeah. I don't know why I have them, but now I'm laughing. This is terrible. In the, in the spirit of yes and, I'm hoping that you say yes and... I was Did you play you. Divinity yet? No, I have not played. Well, I have played four games this no, week. Good year, Sean Partner. Yes, and maybe I'm not that one yet. It's like, about churches. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I am moving at a like. I will never finish the game snail's pace oh. through Divinity. Like I, pl- I, I kind of folding it into my like mornings if i can if i don't go to the yeah. divinity original sin the same yeah i mean i'm not gonna 
I get, we must we must punt on it or something until all I, all I can do is sell a Remo on it, which is you will <laughs> like this game more than you can imagine. I'm like projecting forward and trying to think when I can have time to like like sit down with a game like this and play enough of it for it to be worthwhile. You're going to like it so much. I believe you. There is so many systems. <laughs> like I don't know what else to say. And it's beautiful and it's it's devoid of cruft. But it's packed full of shit. It's amazing. It is so much devoid stuff in of it. cruft, packed, packed full, full of shit, <laughs> divinity. <laughs> yeah. That's for oh, free. I, all the people who I know like this, I mean, who've played it like it. Yeah. Everyone likes it. I want everyone it. likes it. I want to play I'm it. I'm sure there are people who don't like but it. But I feel like there's a, there's like, like the other game that you love, there, there's sort of a high bar to entry. How you need dare to play you. it for a while. Really? Well, the thing is, yeah. it's sing- I mean, it's uh, hard anyway. You know, yeah, I definitely don't feel like I'm very good at it because it's top down, isometric, like, like Diablo. But then when you Boy, we got, encounter... We got, you got crapped on a lot last time you said it well, was you know, Diablo. It is. It is. <laughs> it fucking is. You're in a fucking cave. Like, there. stuff in it, though. Like, you yeah, well, the, the, like the combat is not the same. Okay. I never it's made like that assertion. computer RPG, right? Yeah, like, when you get into a combat situation that you get into completely fluidly, it becomes uh, turn-based. But where, like, distance to your characters, uh, distance to your targets really matters. So you have basically like points of initiation and you spend those to, to do damage or move about the playing field. But it's completely seamless, which is the thing that's beautiful about it. Like you don't, it's not like, there's not like the Diablo part of the game is an overworld. And then you go, whoa, 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 whoa. You go into a fight, you right. know, like a final fantasy or something. It's like just completely fluid into it. It's really nice. Um, and then all of the spells, both in those confrontations and in world exploration uh are elemental which is nice so you get through fire with water and you can like set poison on fire to get through that and stuff like that um in those paradigms that play to like the math of the turn-based strategy also exist in the overworld like, like walking around so oh i can get through this area by shooting that barrel over there if it's within my range with an arrow, with a fire arrow, or I can use a spell or, or, or sure. it's really nice. All that stuff is just completely seamlessly blended in a way that's really, really smart in a game designed by smart people. It's awesome and really well executed. Nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. You'll like it. It's really interesting to me that this game has taken a certain like circle of people by storm it seems anyway because i don't even like shit like this this isn't for that's me what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i know that's why i'm like, yeah. yeah like I, this is what the third divinity game i think? couldn't say i think like, i so this game is so not for me right no i know that i, I couldn't tell that. you yeah, yeah. Right. it'd be like somebody handing me the third harry potter book and be like this these kid wizards are pretty entertaining <laughs> you know like you know there's a whole bunch of these like oh yeah yeah right. I have no idea um yeah i uh that's that's why it's fascinating to me because I've been aware of this series in a in a very light way of like I know it exists like Jane's really into them right and like right they're definitely people who this is just their jam right like these this sort of um, somewhat traditional style computer RPGs and like I like some of that stuff but this game has just dominated like Twitter and Facebook feeds of a surprising number of people I know who I never see 
talk about that. Right, kind of, right, that right. Yeah, this is not in my my orbit. Mm-hmm. It looks good. like there are two spinoffs to the original, and then two sequels. Well, actually, Original Sin is a prequel. So it has original four sin, games. Obviously. Yes, Original oh, Sin as Original Sin, sin yeah. is to all of us Catholics. Yes, the prequel to our life of shame. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> We're all terrible. <laughs> as I learned in Catholic school. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Catholic school my entire life. Is that life. three of us? Three out of the... F- Did you grow up Catholic? I grew up Catholic. Yeah. yeah. I didn't grow up Catholic, but I went to Catholic high school. Oh, I see I that. Went to, I went yeah. to Catholic summer camp as a kid where every morning we, we went to 6 a.m. Latin mass. Oh, good. It's hardcore. That's intense. <laughs> Did the guy walk around at the like, smoke orb? The sensor, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I, I I call it a smoke orb. Yeah. yeah, that's what they refer to it as now. <laughs> Since Vatican II, we have oh, a smoke orb. <laughs> smoke orb. <laughs> a sick smoke orb. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big thing that John Paul II was. <laughs> he was big on that. Big booster. Yeah. That looks like a smoke orb to me. Okay, next line of business. <laughs> Latin's out. <laughs> Latin's out. Women smoke priests. Orb in. In the house. <laughs> oh, that's special. Well, speaking of divinity, I played a game about divinity, although not uh, not a not a about, Catholic or Christian. Oh, divinity. I thought you were going to say like, divining. No, like, well, sort water. of. What? Yeah, this is dowsing. There, <laughs> there is actually quite a lot of divining going on in Oracle, which is a weird, fascinating game. By the, it's one of the people who made Glitch Hikers also made this game. It's called Oracle. I've never and heard it's of this spelled, game. It's it's tiny and weird and kind of wonderful. Okay. Um, it's sort of like part Wait, one. you were to say it's spelled as though it were not spelled the way Oracle is spelled. Well, it is. It's just styled with Greek letters. Oh. So it's mm. very. The O is an Omega. Know. Yeah. Oh. Omega. As like the that. Greeks intended. You know, that's what they wanted. <laughs> that's, you know, what the Greeks wanted. So it makes sense. Yes. Um, and. <laughs> yes. And it's also <laughs> a, it's part one of a four part little bitty tiny little game series by this person who made uh, Glitch Hikers. And their name is Celestine. Oh, my God. Um, That's a- I'll find out later. Oh, <laughs> we you can put it their name is Celestine. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it's styled with Celestine. Like oh, my God. Yes, it's a Greek Celestine prophecy is yeah. their name. No, I, it's actually a really cool little sort of procedurally generated prophecy sim. Huh. So what you do is you sort of. You're in a first-person perspective, and you're looking at a fire. And the fire represents an actual oracle. And you are given prompts, which correspond to sort of just numbers on your keyboard. Things like stars, or the air itself, or a great warrior, things like that. You hit whatever prompts you like, and it sort of creates a little prophecy for you. Like, it's all very, you know, ancient, smoky, seer language. It's sort of like, in the great stars, a warrior stands beside you. That sort of thing. And then it goes into a trippy first-person perspective um, series of black and white uh, symbols. It's it's kind of cool. It's super weird, but it's it's fun and interesting. It has an amazing soundtrack, and it's very much like you're interacting with this toy sort of thing, this sort of like Greek mythology-inspired toy, uh, which I'm super into because I've been reading Greek mythology oh, lately. Oh yeah, you like read through yeah. a whole Greek mythology book recently. Yeah, I'm 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 currently like rereading it for sort of ideas and inspiration for goofy things I can do on my own. But yeah, it I super super dug this because of that because I've been so into sort of you know mm-hmm. all these myths totally. and all of these weird things and all these prophecies and gods and monsters and so on and so forth. So that's been really fun, and it, it's like a dollar or something like that for this game, and then you get the other three as they come out with the dollars it's it's 
I think it's worth it to check out a, a cool, interesting, nice. weird thing. That for sounds, sure. That sounds fascinating. It's called Oracle? Oracle. Speaking it's called of... Omega Reckle. <laughs> Omega Reckle. <laughs> Omega Reckle. I'm going to look up that person's name. Uh, because I probably should know this. It's pronounced Omega Reckle, Jake. Okay. Oh, sorry. It's Omega Don Simulacine. <laughs> what? Simulacine. Mm. I probably didn't pronounce that right. You did. Let's just, you, you yes, did. you did. And? You did. Yeah. And? <laughs> well that done. That was correct. And? And also speaking of divinity and the divine, I played a game called Gods Will Be Watching. Oh, oh yeah. I saw you now. playing that a minute ago. I'd like to hear about this. Um, is it an adventure game? It looked like an adventure sort game. Sort of. So, yeah, this is what's interesting about it. Um, is the, yes. Is the and. kind of game. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. <laughs> Improv code. Woof. Um, so I guess this game, it's a, it's, it's 2d and it, as you say, it looks like an adventure game in that it's, you know, takes place on backdrops that are specific painted scenes. I mean, it's low resolutions when I say painted, you know, it's pixel art, but, uh, and there are a lot of dialogue trees and things like that. So you enter and you, you know, point and click to move your character around. So in a lot of ways, you interact with it like an adventure game, but it's ridiculously brutal. Like the you you start there's a there's an introductory sequence and then it says like one year earlier or something and then I like that. the yeah it's, it's good. And <laughs> I always like that. I don't know games just don't do that. that no, often. it's cool. It's, it's, it's good. I don't know. And um, you start when I say you start, I mean the actual gameplay part starts in the middle of uh, an attempt that you and your group of like five, I think um, are undertaking. You're like in a room, you have three hostages that you are like presiding over. There are guards outside trying to shoot their way into the room you're in or like negotiate for release of the hostage. You know, they, they want to kill you basically and, and get the hostages alive. And you want to hack into their um, like database and acquire this, information you need um and so what you're so the game just exists in basically this like pseudo stalemate kind of and you are trying to buy time to uh get your hacker guy to like jack into this thing and he has to you know he has a whole meter that he has to fill to like finish this job of acquiring this information and I have not yet succeeded. This is only the first scene. Is it? Is it actually? Are there timers running on this, or is it like narrative time where there's beats, like beats of time? Um, like if I you talk a, to someone, that counts as time. I, I think passing it's actually a combination like, of both. Okay. Like I think what? there's time passing that is just go, like you can't just stand there forever. But also every time you do things, it like ratchets up the amount of tension, which causes <clears> like when you do something, the guards outside will like move a notch closer to you. And then, what is doing something in this game entail? So it could entail like calming down the hostages by like chatting with them to calm them down or shouting at them or, but you're interacting like an adventure game. You're yes, pointing like and clicking clicking. one of them to like threaten them or to instruct one of your, uh, um, like compatriots to lay down suppressing fire at the guards to cause them to like move back. Um, or to tell your hacker guy to like, actually make an attempt to hack into the thing. Man, those sorts of scenes are fucking hard to make good. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> like yeah. it's using the language. You're like, you're literally yeah. bringing back like five years of Telltale <laughs> of being like, oh, oh man. even before I started, like episode two hundred one, I stationed Santa, where it's like Santa's at the door and you got to yeah. do all the bow, but he's gonna get in, but. He won't let you in unless you go in the butt. Yeah. Well, because it's hard to maintain well, that tension well, so over. This, the yeah. Thing that's different, but apparently you can fail well, if it's yeah, brutal. Fail. The yeah, thing that's different yeah. about this than like a Telltale game is that there isn't like a discrete path to completion. I mean, I think the developer said there is like a way you can do this without anyone getting killed. But I mean, you're interacting with systems that are like tracking numbers it's not you know what I mean? interesting like, but th- those numbers have to hit thresholds that produce bes- like but there's like, random chances custom like, creative mm-hmm. content though but like a random chance of something right isn't because of the i'm guessing because of the art style of the game which is like character pixel art on top of paint so and pixel an example art of what i mean by random chance is that you can like charge up your hacking equipment and every time you charge it up it it gives you like a percentage of likelihood of success when you actually say, okay, hack it now. Right. And like, so you can charge it up to the point that you have like a 76% chance to successfully hack the thing. And you're like, fuck, I want this to be better, but I know that I'm really pushing it on time. And these guards are about to fucking break in. And I can see that this guy on the ground is like, his leg is, is like twitching, which means he's like, I forget if that's the one where he's overly react relaxed or he's like, amped up and ready to try and take you on but like you're juggling these are all variables that are not dependent on one another so like mm-hmm. that guy could be overly stressed out while separately your hacking thing is like approaching 100 and separately the guards are about to break in but like those aren't necessarily because of each other those are because of all the things you've done culminating like yeah. leading up to that and so reminds me like some of that prototype shit that you and i were working on like, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah we were and, yeah and so it's re- it's really, really stressful because the game is not set up to, like, funnel you towards an achievable goal. Right. It just has these systems and they're just there. And apparently the developers were not originally intending... When, this was made for a game jam initially, and then they expanded it out into, like, a you know, more built-out thing that they're now selling. But it, it had its root in... It's on a, Steam, right? Yeah, it yeah. had its root in a game jam game. It's called Gods Will Be Watching. And they were saying they didn't intend to make a game about like just brutal moral choice, but it's just kind of what resulted when they just put these yeah. systems in and let players do it. I think once you have an adventure game that has an impeding clock on actions that you take, it mm-hmm. kind of optimizes towards that. Yeah. But also the subject matter is just brutal. Like you can like you can, you know, beat the shit out of these hostages to try and uh um keep them in line, like they will get up and attack you and like, you'll shoot them down. Um, they, or they, or they can, sometimes they can escape, like depending on the, how, on the, what situation you've got yourself into, like they'll run out and then you've lost negotiating chip basically. Um, it's, but it's, are you working, are yeah. you working towards, you're working towards that success of yes. hacking outcome, that yes. one outcome. Yes. So you can fail in a multitude of ways. You can fail in a lot of different ways, but you yeah. can succeed you can succeed in you various succeed ways. Succeed in various ways, but the success your, condition your is success, always the same. Your success state could be very different, but your success condition. Right, like you're like I succeeded yeah. against all odds. Like these two hostages, the hostages are dead. Got dead these like guys, these guys oh, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, everything, yeah. whatever, whatever. But I, but I got the data. Or like perfect job. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> no one got hurt. For you. Yeah. Seems like you'd still right. have to commit some sort of act to get through it. Right. No and, what. and you can't just like walk up to the. No computer, one got yeah. killed, but at what cost? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I don't know. And, and this yeah. is just getting more and more excited. This, about this is game. referred to as like the intro scene. So like, yeah. Apparently, this game is brutally difficult because you have 
you know, after you, you finish this and then I don't know what comes next because I haven't finished this yet. But like, I love the format, right? Like I would like to play other games in this format. Um, it, it definitely reminded me of The Walking Dead a bit. Um, just pushed more in the sort of juggling system yeah. variables direction but like god the first stuff we ever built was like all only that it was mm-hmm. like only that and it just it also it didn't make sense systemically um from an episodic standpoint looking back like the stuff that we like sure. our first prototype was like just got a bunch of timers in the world all working independently to each other and then when one would happen instead of the other one would happening uh-huh. they would like cause an outcome to happen so yeah we did just anything we could think of the first one was like like Sybil was pregnant, <laughs> like oh, so, like the baby's coming, but like you gotta like boil some water and like find some towels. And zombies, and zombies are breaking the in. Doors, you gotta and then this the guy's also freaking out. Yeah. So you like whichever one would like boil over would just cause a story moment to happen. Uh, and you had one goal, uh, which was like deliver the baby. Um, and it was it was I had a lot of promise, but the thing about that for episodic was like all those scenarios just would have to be so they'd all have to converge somehow they'd have to well not just that but like you'd have to like really play test the crap out of them and like really like iterate on the number of game from a time standpoint yeah it's just like it didn't really seem feasible no totally i think this makes this 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 is a singular really great format to do it in because it's relatively low fidelity right like they're not making a big 3d world and so it's all spreads it looks nice it's got a it's got a you know fairly defined art style it's that it looks kind of trendy version it looks kind of like super time force or sword and sorcery sorcery. yeah Yeah, where everyone's kind of like elongated leggy thin limbs with like chunky bodies yeah Yeah. um that's a very the last night kind of looked like that a little bit yes the last yeah the last night the cyberpunk cop killer looked a lot like that yes that game is also in that category and and I would, I appreciate that they're using, you know, what they're, uh, they're using some of that kind of leeway they have with making something that is graphically lower fidelity. I imagine things like just aren't voiced in this. No, it's not voiced. Yeah. It's all, yeah, it's all captions on screen. Yeah. You know? That's cool. um, but it's really effective. I mean, it's tense as hell. I, my concern is that it is so brutal that I'm just going to burn out. Um, and that's kind of one of the reactions I've seen to the game. Um, and I, I feel like you could probably make a game like this and tune it to be well, less that one way. One way to do that is to just give people a clear point where it's okay to stop playing. And if you don't, if you're really excited about like basically cutting your game for pacing, I think that... Like, Nintendo, what do you mean a clear way to stop playing? I mean, get to a point in the game where it actually... I don't know how this game is structured, but if a game is really intense like this, uh, I think it's okay for the game to every 20 minutes or so do a more soft version of the Nintendo. Like it's now is an acceptable time to put this down and come back to it later. Uh-huh. But I think Chris was talking more from like a brutal, like not yeah, from I mean, an intense, difficult... not from a, not from intense, like reaction time. Right. I like, just I mean, I can't move forward. I'm stuck. Yeah. Oh, like difficulty. I see. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes. And I thought you meant content. Intensity. It is also <laughs> brutal in content. Like it's both. I guess I'm yeah. kind of at both, but, but I did, I did in this particular case more mean you just, that it's just hard to, it's like, challenging to succeed to advance yeah. okay um i see um but but yeah i mean i the brutality of the content i think it feels to me like they earn it more than most games do because it is actually that that is an advantage of it being so difficult just skill wise is that it does it justifies the brutality of the creative content right because the point is like this is not like this situation is a fucking disaster. Like yeah. you, this is like 
and it's so hard that you will resort to yes. brutal things exactly. in the hopes that you will move forward. Right. Right. It, it Pre- should precisely. be hard. Yeah. 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 I played um, the web version of this actually oh, quite like a while game ago. Jam? Was that the game jam version? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay, I, cool. I think it was like a slightly more polished version of the, you know, it was originally submitted to the, sure. the jam itself um, a couple months ago. Um, and I really loved it. I mean, that scenario was actually like you're on a planet or you're outdoor, you're somewhere in a wilderness environment and there's also a robot. I don't know if that's still in the game, but, uh, you're basically Hopefully. trying to, uh, yeah, definitely. You're, you're basically trying to help people survive while an engineer fixes the machine that's going to basically give you food or something mm-hmm. like that. And there's a psychologist, there's a doctor, there's an engineer, there's a robot, there's all these other personalities that you were sort of managing. And I just remember feeling like, Hey, this is really cool and interesting, um, and it feels good. You know, that's sort of the way you're describing, like, the content feels right for the difficulty. And B, that I just could not get it right, no matter how often <laughs> I played it. Like, yeah. I don't think I got very far at all, just, you know, spending a couple of hours with it. So I don't know if, you know, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I mean, it seems like the difficulty does sort of suit this. Yeah, I... Also, like, it's tough because, like, getting it right is the trick, right? You're like... yeah. Uh, it's representing things that in my knowledge of what a human being can do, like I should maybe be able to succeed this one way, but I don't know if that's a way I'm allowed to succeed. Like, like how is that stuff then visually represented? Like these things, I don't know. I find Mm -hmm. these sorts of design problems when it comes to actual like AV on top of systems, on top of like human expectation for what I should be able to do to get myself out of this situation being always like the most challenging conundrum. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I think, at least in theory, I really like the format of this game because it it seems to basically be like vignettes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's I think this would be all the more frustrating if it were just like an ongoing slog. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm speaking theoretically because I obviously haven't even gotten past the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that I'm aware of how the game is generally structured, you know, and I it is these different scenarios. And I like the idea of that. And yeah. they sort of establish that by from the beginning of the game having the first scenario take place a year before the actual intro sequence like they're set up right at the beginning like we're going to jump around mm-hmm. here and like tell different parts of these people's story uh and i would like to see more people play this and i didn't make this connection until just this second actually but as i'm thinking about this and as i'm hearing what like danielle and sean you guys have been saying um it reminds me of the last express which i yeah. was on like an hour and a half long podcast about this week i was on the three moves ahead podcast oh, no you on tma this week yeah why didn't you say something i would listen to that maybe Just i still will it now. It's the current maybe if you, is that on the autothumbs public you can visit autothumbs.net and see mention of this <laughs> i saw that they had did a last express episode i didn't know chris was on i was it. i was on it um yeah the, the, the reason that they're a strategy game podcast but they did that because it is obviously the 100th anniversary of world war one of the great war obviously and uh <laughs> first great war and, and um all front. <laughs> great book and um and it just they they're just doing kind of a month long uh kind of world war 1 retrospective i guess and so this and uh, last express is set in the 3 days on the eve of world war 1 essentially on a on a train on the orient express uh and it's a great game in some of the same ways i i like this other game the gods will be watching or gods will be watching um and also very difficult for very mm-hmm. similar reasons, which like, is I gotta am I gonna I think I'm about to fail, but I might oh I'm so okay, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is that The Last Express has a constantly running clock that means regardless of where you are on this train, and a train was a brilliant place to set it, 
for this reason, because it, it restricts the amount of space you imagine you should have access to. Like it's the whole thing's one axis. You just go back and forth. Thematically, it's also brilliant in that it's a thing that's moving forward at a steady pace to a destination. It's like thematically all really nice. For sure. This game thematically is like one of the strongest. Oh, Last Express? Yeah. Yeah. Constructions of like any game ever been made. It's like in terms of how everything just slots together and Mm -hmm. kind of tonally stacks on itself. It's brilliant. But um, so as you, you know, go back and forth on this train along this axis, like different things are just happening all the time. Characters are having conversations. They're walking around. And if you are not present in point A to hear something, instead you're standing over at point B and someone's talking to someone else at point A, you're just not going to hear that Mm -hmm. if you weren't there at that moment. Yeah, it's like opportunity Um, cost. Yeah, it's great. But because of this, it means it's very, very, very possible to do something irrevocably incorrect and then... Uh, you lose. You got to bust so, out that Fabergé yeah, egg. You have to bring out, but your... it has a time mechanic where you can go <laughs> yeah. back to a moment in time. Exactly. You rewind the clock yeah. and you go and you can try again. But the thing that's really brutal about it, Rob was pointing this out on day two, especially like you can do things wrong that you don't know are wrong until like a day and a half later. And then you lose it. Uh, yeah. Like life. All the way back. Yeah. yeah. And I, um, <laughs> like life and Sierra games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, well, like we should Geometry talk Wars. about the like Resident Geometry Wars. Yes, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll I can do things we'll in day one of Geometry this. Wars. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but oh, it's man. both of these games. I feel like they're they both have to me. They're both frustrating in a lot of ways, and but they both make me wish this were a more common format. And I feel like right. if it were more were more common, we would start to just develop best practices for how to make games exactly in style right yeah, less I was just say that. you know i mean yeah. i think one of the challenges is if you want to do something like this even now what 17 years post last express you have like four or five games novel. you can look yeah, at exactly. and go like yeah. i don't really know if i want to have an egg thing that i gotta yeah. do like, <laughs> like, i also don't know if i want to do a full-on restart yeah mm, no failure mm, that's not good either well, fuck it. Let's just try something new. <laughs> like, you yeah. literally have nothing to look at. It's really fucking tough. Do you think yeah. the vignettes help with that, potentially? Or, like, yeah, the, yeah, potentially. Structure? I mean, I think Last Express, um, you could do something like Last Express where instead of having the time mechanic, you divide it up into kind of a day, like day by day structure. When you complete or chapters, then it's just, yeah, you exactly. did it. You could next. Yeah. I don't know if that would I know be strictly like better in that game, um, or not, but, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's a possible thing to do. I, another really brilliant thing about the last express since I'm, since it's, I'm talking about it, I guess. Is that egg? Is, <laughs> is, and this was something Rob kind of pointed out a bit on the podcast. You should listen to theirs if you're interested in this conversation. Yeah. That just game. aside, if you haven't listened to three moves ahead, it's a strategy game podcast that's hosted on thumbs.net. It's fucking really good. And sometimes it's they amazing. do things like talk about the last express. Yeah. <laughs> Rob and Troy yeah. are really smart about games yeah. as other guests. They really, really are. Yeah. Uh, and um, one of the cool things about it is, so this game came out in the 90s, you know, in the midst of LucasArts and Sierra adventure games. And one of the things I like about The Last Express is how much, how how defined your character is. So one of the first thing, he's not like a particularly unusual character. He's kind of this sort of rakish American doctor who definitely is set up archetypally to be like contrast to all of these european kind of stand-ins for their socio-political kind of cultures um which works well like it's, rob called it a game about archetypes i think and i think that's true um but 
one of the ways that they evoke these parts of your character is by just having your character do things that make sense for the character and that informs you, the player, of this character's predisposition. So an early, a very early event in this game, there's not a spoiler because it happens very, very early. You arrive on this train mid-journey, like you sort of sneak onto this train. Um, you're intending to meet your meet this friend of yours and you very, very quickly find him dead in his cabin. He's just bloody and murdered. And, uh, and if you click on him, you know, the thing that would happen in any other adventure game is your character would like say something about it, you know, or like he would walk to it or something, but you click on him and you immediately go and pick up this corpse. And then from that point, you can like drop it on a table, drop it into a trunk or drop it out the window. (laughs) You know, like it's yeah. <laughs> it's the it fill, the game fills in. Some and if of that you do in, none of those things, you're just arrested for the murder immediately. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think and, you drop it on the table, don't you also get? Yeah. Yeah. If the body's found, if the body's found, you get arrested for murder because you're caught literally red-handed, actually bloody-handed. You know, with a dead person. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you do it? Do you, you wash your hands after the body? I can't remember. I didn't when I was replaying it this time. I can't remember. There's a lot of different. Yeah. One of the cool things about this game, though, is that there are different ways you can achieve the same goal. Mm-hmm. Like you can succeed by hiding the body and disposing of it later or by disposing of it immediately. And that has like diff- totally different reactions way later in the game, which is really cool. Um, but I like that. Uh, I like that, that they make no bones about your character just being like, well, got to deal with this immediately. There's, you know, there's none of this like navel gazing kind of like op- just, milk toast observation of item like i right. it's, yeah. i don't know it's a, it's, and I, I, I think that's people get so obsessed with the idea of like well what are players want to do and i think that is where a lot of the navel gazing comes in where it's like well players would want to do all these things so let's just when they express and in character intent onto an object give them nothing like it seems to be the reaction because if the player if the character does something specific like, well, what if the guy didn't want? To, what if the player doesn't want to do that? In a case so it's a story game, and you're playing as a specific person, though. There's there's a lot of power in just instead of asking what you want to instead say, okay, here's what happened, and now you have to deal with it. Yeah. And like, yeah. Well, I think also yeah. like creating a situation. Do like let the player must react to the thing that their character is capable of, or be given a host of options that this particular character that they're being right. asked to be, or it's like their do. instinct, and then the conscious mind is you, or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah, well, I think, I mean, I, the thing is all games do this, right? Like, it's just some, for some reason, certain interactions, I think people, designers like to pretend that there's like something more sacrosanct about player intention. But in reality, every game does this. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. If you have a game with a gun, the game is implicitly saying you're supposed to fire at these guys. That's what this character would do. Like, that's removing a massive swath of player choice from the equation by saying, that is the option. You can fire the gun or not fire the gun, but those are probably you better fire it or you're going to die. Uh, like, but then suddenly like interacting with this other thing has to be this completely like boring, nothing interaction because well, what if the player doesn't want to do that? Which in a lot of games that makes sense. Like that does make sense in a game like Deus Ex or whatever, where you do want to say, okay, basically everyone who plays this game is going to end up getting from this point to this point because that's your objective. But there's like all different ways you can do it. And that game applies a very thin, like has a very light touch about what you can do. But you have to be able to, I think, back that up with significant, substantial actual weight in terms of the systems the player can interact with. Um, other, otherwise, it's 
I don't know. Otherwise, you're not. It doesn't mean anything. But I, I like in games where the player character is strongly defined. I think there's a lot of. I think there's something to be said for you know still giving the player some choice about things, but putting those choices within a meaningful context of like these are the things this particular person would probably do. Um, because I mean. Everyone, when you make a decision in life, you're probably making it within a lot of preconceptions and assumptions and context that you have formed. Like, you still are making decisions about things all the time every day, but probably before you even started started to make that decision, you filtered it out, filtered out like dozens or hundreds of options that for someone else might be totally there and reasonable, depending on like their background or like how much money they have maybe, or, you know, like what their personality is or what their job is or what the power dynamic is in the situation. Um, and I think it's, I think it's a powerful storytelling tool in games to acknowledge that instead of just saying like, you can just do whatever because you can. Amen. Glass Express is cool. Glass Express <laughs> is not like the ultimate expression of all those things, but, but it's a good game. I mean, it's, it's, a also... it's a fucking frustrating game. It's too bad when you yeah. click on the body, he doesn't, instead of picking it up just do something absurd it's like this is what it's this like, character would do kicking it or just he like starts dancing sits with it, it up and like like tries to like weekend at bernie's it and like he's like oh this is my buddy you have to walk around with a <laughs> he dances the tango with it yeah exactly like, right what? exactly right God, i've always like, wanted to do this, this is my drunk friend god <laughs> if that were the way that you get past it that's like the third option for when the like conductor opens the door <laughs> you're like throw it out the window <laughs> Put yeah. it on the table in the trunk or puppeteer. You're like, what puppeteer? <laughs> God, have you seen the Clue movie? I love oh, that movie. God. Oh my gosh. When the cop shows up and they're like, we're just all a bunch of people having a good time, officer. Yeah. There's this scene where Miss Scarlet like basically makes out with a corpse. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it oh, yeah. grossed yeah, yeah, yeah. me out my entire fucking life. <laughs> I can't watch it. Oh, and I watched that movie a lot last year probably like 20 times um what yeah it was my when i broke my leg and i was like on pain uh-huh. medicine i couldn't sleep and stuff and i just i'd wake i was i had a rough month of sleep and that was like my security blanket movie i would just put on the clean movie and watch it all the way through uh-huh. i had different ways of watching flames it flames on the side of your I leg i feel like i talked about this flames flames didn't i talk about this in the podcast <laughs> i probably yeah i can't remember i could have sworn there. i did I'd have, that like, might have been on one of the episodes that just took place in your mind my opiate fever dreams yeah. no but, I'd have like this is my Colonel Mustard viewing and I would just watch Martin Mole wow. the entire time oh my God. and I would like because there's so much good background acting in that movie it's yeah. incredible so I would just like God, only watch him that's a way to watch a movie that you've seen a bunch of times yeah it's awesome uh, um, big ensemble um, uh Wes Anderson movies are also good. Yeah, totally. Like I like Life Aquatic is a great one. Mm-hmm. God, that's great. Anyway, I'm really excited by that idea. Alien Gossard super works for that. At least the first Which, half of Alien. The first. Oh yeah, the first, first half Alien, of Alien the where they're all half. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, all doing yeah. their own thing in every scene. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, I just want to play the Last Express really where to. he starts kicking the guy the moment you click on him. <laughs> that implies so many things to me. That would happen. In, that would happen in full throttle. Oh, oh, just like <laughs> I hate starts you. crying. I hate you. <laughs> oh, you're dead. Oh. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, the thing that's fascinating is if he's doing that because he's dead. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that is. You left me. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't say anything, he just kicks the guy five times. 
He just keeps kicking until you stop and do something else. Then he picks them up and puts them on the God. table. Oh, you mean oh, like in Far Cry 4 where like you can kick all sorts of things? You can kick all sorts of dead bodies? Isn't oh, that yeah. a thing you can do in Far Cry 4? Player choice start... in Far Cry 4. Player, player choice. Finally, the game to end all games. <laughs> but he doesn't just automatically keep kicking the guy until they tell him to stop. Far Cry 5. <laughs> God, now I really want to make a game. Where you that... just kick corpses where, everywhere. Where, 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 did you guys not see that clip? Of like no, the guy, not, it was like at, I'm this. making this joke. Oh, yes. It was at a junket. He's like, "Yeah, of course you can kick the bodies. You can kick people are going to be kicking all sorts of bodies in this game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's back, this back of the box feature. Play. You know, how did he laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Evil Cookie Monster <laughs> laugh. Yep. <laughs> cookies are a sometimes food. <laughs> you can kick all Fuck kinds that, of bodies. By the way, cookies are a sometimes food. Ugh. Anyway. Sorry, what we're we talking uh, about? What game do you want to make? make? I just think it would be fascinating. <laughs> yes, he does. To make or play a game in which the the player which Cookie Monster kicks corpses. In which, sure, <laughs> in which the player character is that much of an enigma to the player. You know what I mean? Where the char- like where the character? Oh, like you have amnesia. No, oh. I don't mean. God. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying we're just like the motivations and like just ah, not amnesia. Like you literally can't remember things. But just you are, as the player, discovering who this character is. Not the character discovering who the yep. character is. I understand. Is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The character is confidently yes. like, his like, or her specific okay, so self. So imagine a, imagine a video game based on Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant movie. Wow. Have you guys seen this movie? No, that was a... As I'm sure all of our readers have. A lot of people have seen a Bad Lieutenant. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Huge. No, no, I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, a lot of people have seen it. I didn't see it. Okay. Damn it. Danielle, you haven't seen it either. No, I haven't. Try again. We're the worst. But okay, I know what you mean. I only no bring way. it up because the the I won't give a bunch of details about it. But the the Nicolas Cage character. We're gonna get so much shit for not seeing Bad Lieutenant. I by know. the way, get fucking ready for that. I, anyway. I didn't see Casablanca. I'm ready for fucking Bad <laughs> Lieutenant hate mail. All right. It's just Brett Duville. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, he's a friend. <laughs> he did send me a mean message. Shit. though. <laughs> it's one of those movies where the character him out. just keeps one upping himself, and you as the viewer are just in shock. Like, you watch that movie, and it's, you can, it, he just keeps doing things that are more and more outrageous. Not just for its own sake, it's not just right. like a circus, but like, it's, his character just is capable of acting in such shocking and strange ways. This is the game where you play as Nick Brecken, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, but no, you want a I, game where you give your player the sort of micro-objectives that you give, like, an adventure game protagonist, something where they go over here, and then right. the thing that they do is just surprising. Creates and, and its own new scenario right, that you then yeah, have to yeah, react yeah, to, and yeah, then yeah, you just stair-step up. Yeah. Anyway. I would play this Brecken game. <laughs> Cookie full, Monster full kicks corpses. Was had very nice alliteration. Where's the bad Thank lieutenant you. of video games? Game industry. <laughs> it's in the same place as the Casablanca of video games. Not seen or conceived by Sean Bannerman. <laughs> <laughs> or conceived by? Yes. Yeah, you're right. I did not conceive of either of those things. <laughs> well, you won't. You won't come up with the video game of it because you haven't. You seen don't know that the film. That's true. Okay, you, I, now I'll fucking do it out of spite. As is my main motivator. Yeah, Chris <laughs> described this Please thing called do, Bad I, Lieutenant I like once. <laughs> Hold on. I need to go become an expert on Bad Lieutenant. I'll be back. I need to become an expert on Bad Lieutenants. <laughs> there are two films, unrelated, two unrelated films called Bad Lieutenant. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Is one of them a sequel to Bad Santa? Yes. <laughs> Neither of them is. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, not interested. Hmm. Wow. I like that movie. I know. It's like one of those movies, right? It's not bad. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like okay, one of those yes, movies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even mean that one yeah, at fine. all. 
actually. No, but it's like one of those movies where people are like, oh, yeah. He has his moments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Terry Zweigoff of all people? Huh. The guy who made the movie about R. Crumb? Yeah. That's a crazy movie. American Splendor? No. Um, that's the one about Harvey Peacock. That's about Harvey Sorry. Peacock. Sorry. They're different people. Yeah. R. Crumb, R. Crumb a, shows up in that movie, I think. But. Yeah, the R. Crumb movie is a document. Mm. It's an actual document. Oh, okay. It's, still a document. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. Games. I played another cool game. Yeah. What? There's no good segue for it. I was trying to, to think of something that related here. But we can, we can retroactively bolt one on the yeah, We can try. We can, we can try. I mean, it's going to be a little tough. Just say, speaking of bad lieutenant, and then talk about whatever. Okay. <laughs> speaking of bad lieutenant, yeah. I played this game about a girl driving home in the Midwest. Oh, exactly. Perfect. You know, I can't wait to hear how this relates you, you to Bad know, Lieutenant. It relates really, really strongly. <laughs> just keep it it that doesn't seem like it relates the entire time. <laughs> yeah. to... It relates because, you know, a, a good percentage of people who are in the Midwest go on to military service and uh, they become lieutenants and some of them are probably bad lieutenants. That's a really good point. Done. So true. I did what I could. So right? Statistically I I speaking. Could. Yeah. I gave, you, I gave you nothing, but you actually... I really tried. I gave you what you asked for. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, goodbye. I tried for it. <gasps> okay, so what can, is the name of this That's all I can do. What's this game? The name of this game is Three-Fourths Home, as okay. in you're three-quarters of the way somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it is a game, it is a, it's really an interactive short story. I, I pretty much played games that are kind of, you know, more narrative-based and not exactly super gameplay-heavy this week, but that's cool. That's what happens sometimes. Um, you are a girl, you are a woman, you're 24 years old, her name is Kelly, and you are just driving on the road in the middle of, of somewhere in Nebraska, it's two hours from Omaha, that's all you ever know about the actual town, mm-hmm. um, and you're having conversation with your mother and then your father and your brother in the middle of a storm, and you're driving home. Like all in the car or on the phone or something? Well, while you're on the phone, um, they're in the house, mm-hmm. so you're on. Yeah, you're just having phone conversations, and you do have choice in what you say as responses. But for sure. the most part, it, it's kind of, you know, the story is kind of the story. You can sure. add different flavor. In that way, it's kind of like if coming you play out it, you play it. As, if, you, as... if you play it, you play it. All right? That's how it works. <laughs> That's corners. how it works. That's <laughs> how it works. Uh, it's a lot like coming out simulator, in, not in subject matter, but in terms of like, you know, it's a narrative-based game where you're making some choices, but the story is, mm-hmm. you know, basically sure. what it is. Yep. Uh, I like games like that. I don't know. I li- and yeah. thinking about coming out simula- simulator, I was thinking about that this week actually. Like I like games that are just that seems like a totally great reason for a game to exist, which yeah. is experience this very specific thing that another person has experienced. Like yeah. make some of the same choices and just experience it the way and let it wash over you. It would as it would if you were really experiencing it. Like I think that's a totally valid. Yeah, I think there's a lot of power in that. Exist. I know I know people poo-poo this a bit, and I also love saying poo-poo. I like when people say poo-poo the way you said poo-poo. Poo-poo. As opposed to poo-poo. Yeah, oh, poo-poo yeah. it. Poo-poo it sounds like poop. Like, yeah. so, like, no, like poo-poo is, sounds a like a French, like, like it's like a... A poo-poo. Like, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a small bird or a dog. Yeah. <laughs> look, at the, look at that flying poo-poo over it's there. It's like a small bird <laughs> noise. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. A poo-poo. Yes. Exactly like... <laughs> I said it and I will not unsay it. It's okay. I think poo poo is, is okay, a delightful so you, phrase. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The people do people do poo poo this, and it and it and it annoys me because Jake loves it. Frankly, people do poo poo. <laughs> do do poo poo. That annoys me because I do actually think there is inherent power in being able to make choices, even if they're not extremely crucial to the story that's being told. Mm-hmm. I, I really do feel like that drive it draws me in a little well, bit further. I've always the story. I don't know. We obviously thought about this. Not you and I, but. Yeah, the world, but obviously, yeah. If you're making a choice 
then you it mattered like you know what exactly. I mean? then that's the story it doesn't need to have like I totally the fucking fable right plant a tree and watch it grow as an old man oh yes my permanence is clearly yeah. here mm-hmm. on the world like it fucking happened right. the choice has Absolutely. value maybe more so than the result often like people want yeah. some sort of like like goddamn butterfly effect for that no people don't want that actually right. nobody fucking wants that because if you get it it's bad but because then you feel like you're completely out of control but people want for a game to like have choice. It has to have that to value. Yeah. Ugh, it makes me. Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, it's just juvenile, right? It's it's very like on the nose and juvenile and, right. and well, it just didn't really subtle. matter. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, this is a good game. I would recommend checking it out if you like. How do you find this game? This is on Itch.io, as is Oracle, As is every, all the things you love. Yeah, yeah, I've been super up on that lately. I, it's my, great. It's I, a great platform, honestly. Yeah, I, I was... Itch.io. Oh, man. I was on it the other day because... I don't know if it's pronounced that way. I'm just... So Steam, people know how to type I, it. Yeah, it. I was down for a while but, yeah. for certain people. So you played some Itch.io? No, because if you go to issteamdown.com, it says like, <laughs> oh, yeah, people are having trouble. Or like, nope, you're it's you. But if Steam is down, it says, here are some good alternatives, and uh, Itch.io is, like, okay. first on the list. Itch.io yeah, reminds cool. me of a, the the one thing that I played, and it was only for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. No. Um, <laughs> Itch.io. Itchy and scratchy. Lamb from Deja You know, um, oh, there you go. the Ben and Dan adventure games, Ben there, Dan yeah. that in time, yeah. gentlemen, please. Um, yeah. Ben Ward, one of those two guys, hangs out on the auto forums a lot, and um, this was, like, a couple of, well. In 2009, we did an Idle Thumbs newspaper called The Journal of Games. We put out a GDC. And then in like 2011, we were talking about maybe doing another one. And I started rounding up content for it. But we just never got enough content or time to put it together. But Ben Ward of Dan and Ben wrote a choose-your-own-adventure game that we were going to publish, like just spread throughout the newspaper that you would jump around in. Nice. Um, And then that never happened. And three years later, he actually just put it out. And it's on Itch.io. It's called, what is it called? It's called The Often Ending Story. And it's apparently inspired by a, the Fighting Fantasy book series, which is like a oh, series nice. of RPG-esque choose-your-own-adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's if you like Ben there, Dan, that type stuff, it's of that style. But it's a it's a twine game. And I'm it was so born from a failed Idle Thumbs project. Um, I love that game. I, yes. I never... Ben there, Dan. Oh, okay. There. Yeah, you should you should play it, or I mean, at least um, if you search for uh, his name or the often ending story, Rock Paper Shotgun has a write up on it. But this led me to the Wikipedia page for uh, these books because I I don't I never read the Fighting Fantasy books, but it's worth reading this just because there's a small. I think they're bigger in the UK. Yeah, I think so too. it's a series of single-player role-playing game books made by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone. Um, but the relevant Idle Thumbs information is the first volumes in the series were published by Puffin in 1982, <gasps> yes. with the rights to the series eventually <laughs> being purchased by Wizard Books in 2002. Whoa! So that's it. That's all. Puffin's um, the last Wizard. edit, Jake Rodkin, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, his, his Twine game is good in that it starts off seeming very much like you're just in a fantasy game, but it fans outward without really ever tucking back in on itself and just becomes increasingly outrageous the farther out you get into these different branches and it's it's worth playing that's all cool i think there's a new build of twine that came out last week they're still not to twine 2.0 yet but twine's pretty great if you're having troubles with twine i hopefully this one fixes it 
twine has been broken for me for like months. It Twine's sucks. A lot of fun. It's to play an important with, thing though. in my life. <laughs> yeah. Good old twine. I also played the Sunless Sea, which is really cool and really good and interesting. But I'd probably better off talking about it next time because I've not played much of it. Okay, that's yeah. a game with actual gameplay that I played this week. But should we take a break? I think we should take a break. I guess. Jake, like, you can keep talking, Jake. Video games. So good. Yes. You know what's so good? What is so good? Nature Box. The fucking Nature oh, Box. It totally is Nature Box. It is really Nature Box, yeah. God, you know why so they're good? good? Why is they're that, delicious. One fact, yes. Fact number two, you go on your computer, naturebox.com, you look at a bunch of delicious snacks... Because you're into smart snacking. Smart you like snacking. things like dried pineapples. I really enjoy that moms. dried pineapples. Those dried pineapples. We've talked so, so much about those pineapples. I know, but I'm going really back to it because like I think ones. about it when I'm not thinking about <laughs> this, having to talk about Nature Box on the podcast. I think about it when like some, I'm just on my bike and I'm like, oh man, remember how good that pineapple was? Oh, it'd be so good. You know what you could do with that pineapple? I don't know if this is Nature Box approved, but I'm going to say so anyway. You can make some sort of island cocktail, some sort of pina colada. Oh, perfect. And you could just, right there on the rim, just plop that oh, pineapple. That's a good call. be so good. So you, if you were to get some snacks from Nature Box, that's one of the things that would be How would you recommend doing that? I would probably go to naturebox.com. Yeah. I'm just going to say I would use the offer code THUMBS because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just guessing that that's a good one to use. Yeah. Probably great. What would that do for you? Probably give me 50% off my first order. Wow. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> <laughs> when Chris said, how are you going to do that? I thought you were going to be like, well, well get, first off, I'd I would buy a nice some, white rum. <laughs> yeah, like, get, get some Gosling's Black Seal, get some gold rum. By the way, I juice. finally I made one of those cocktails from your, so for my birthday, this is, thanks NatureBox, NatureBox.com, offer code THUMBS. Delicious <laughs> snacks. Delicious snacks. If you want to get loaded, though, be Jake's friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for my birthday, he gave me like a, a white rum from Ballast Point and Ooh. then a maraschino liqueur and a copy of F. Scott Fitzgerald's On Drinking. What's it called? It was just a bunch of F. Scott Fitzgerald's things about booze. But- yeah. And then inside <laughs> of the card was a like a Hemingway daiquiri or no, a some sort of daiquiri. It was the Hemingway, Hemingway daiquiri. daiquiri. I, I in- gave you the American Great American Novelist booze pack oh it's really good i made one of those the other night i made three i didn't make one (laughs) i made three it was really nice yeah sounds like a good time to watch some clue have three of those oh there's never a bad time to watch clue yeah yeah that's a pretty that's a that's a a good that's a good one yeah yeah thanks jake yeah also thanks squarespace (laughs) our other sponsor for the week (laughs) red they're great really good one Chris stop was, shop Chris for was website. scandalized because we started talking about Squarespace immediately after talking about making a delicious daiquiri. <laughs> I was just going to say, if I was going to sit down on my computer, shake up a drink, a Hemingway daiquiri, and write the Great American website. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were to make a portfolio to showcase all of these drinks that you've been making? The Squarespace would be an absolutely fantastic way to do that. You go to squarespace.com. I would probably... Just because I just used the offer code thumbs a minute ago, I just tried again. Just <laughs> offer code thumbs. Hey man, maybe. Who knows what see that I would get a you know a, a free month trial and ten percent off my first order. The, I would also be able to do all of this without putting in my credit card information. 
which is pretty good. Uh, Squarespace yeah. does make incredibly nice looking web pages for like no effort. It's it's stupid. It's really nice. It's not stupid. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. That's their that's their motto. It's fantastic. It's so stupid. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> But no, they're a fantastic sponsor, and you can go to squarespace.com, offer code THUMBS, and get a deal on your first Squarespace site. Video games! Uh, we are, we're back. We have to close that door, or we're not back. Really? That door, there's like... Who knows what's out there? Cold, Colder air is out All right, there. I'll close the door. No, 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 it's fine. No? Don't you think it's oh going to sound fine? I feel very conflicted now. Jake, you think it's going to sound bad? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to close the door no it's fine no it's okay. fine it's fine he's just stressed Weird. out is, i don't think we've ever recorded a podcast with the door open before jake doesn't uh, like jake doesn't like change what if a strange man just walks by we are have bigger problems than fucking fucked, podcast. no matter what <laughs> it's like oh the office is empty good thing that soundproof door was closed today it's <laughs> a hollow core little did we know there's been a man who hangs out there's outside a guy there. dancing the tango with a corpse out there guys i don't know what's going on it's natural well, he's, he's just playing the last express in his own way. He's just kicking that guy now. <laughs> Aren't we all? He's just kicking that guy. <laughs> There's a guy kicking a guy out there, Chris. Oh, it's just Nick yes. Reckon. It's just like... <laughs> I was just waiting for that guy. Oh, it's just my my dream made real. <laughs> oh. What, Nick Brecken kicking a guy? No, just Chris. Just a guy, an inscrutable man kicking someone. That... God, you kicking know, like, a corpse. Like, this is like, like just... the game I always wanted to exist. Fairly common conceit in like books and movies of someone dreaming... Something and they come true. What if it was all this horrible, weird shit like that? Like just someone was just kicking. That's some just guy. the monkey's paw, isn't it? Though, where you're like, I always wanted it. Like, like I don't know. <laughs> I always wanted a man kicking a corpse. <laughs> then you're like in a video game, and then I guess oh, in that case, oh, I see. in that case, a voice says it is or whatever, and then it's just a <laughs> shitty credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> the shittiest monkey's paw. That's the worst version of the monkey's paw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just the monkey's paw as Twitter chillers. A man, oh my god, a man dreamt. About a video game in which another man kicked a corpse. He saw a man kick a corpse and said, No, I meant in a video game. A he was said, in a video game. It is. <laughs> and then a skeleton farted the end. Yeah, <laughs> it is was spoken by a farting skeleton. <laughs> there it. Who then started screaming, It's cool. <laughs> the guy woke up. Game over. <laughs> Twitter chillers. <laughs> I miss Twitter chillers. It's a almost lot. that time of year again. Oh, that's right. Yeah, a few months from now, Twitter chillers will be back. They better. Yeah, pretty excited about that. Yeah, two. Yeah, like eight weeks. Yeah, not Until even prime season. Yeah, not even. I feel like as soon as, as soon as you hit October, God, working in a project based industry is the worst for that. Your perception of the past. You're like time October. Is like bad. the game will be fucking a third done by oct in eight weeks. No. Nope. Fuck. <laughs> okay. fuck, fuck. 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 Speaking of very few weeks from now, <laughs> Penny Arcade Expo. Oh, should we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Are yeah. we ready to say things? We're doing a live uh, Idle Thumbs podcast at the Penny Arcade Expo on Sunday at. 1130? 1130. 1130. 1130. 1130. The Sphinx. In the Sphinx Theater. Um, I will be there. Jake will be there. Sean will be there. Danielle will be there. And Nick Brecken will be there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll all be there. It'll mm-hmm. probably be the best episode of Idle Thumbs. It's going to be very good. It's going to be very good. As all of our previous live episodes have shown, we're incredibly adept 
at them. We <laughs> Danielle, get there. Danielle, this is your first time on a live Idle Thumbs. It really is. It's my first time on a live podcast panel of any kind. This you going to be stoked? I'm, I'm actually really stoked. The thing that's nice is it's I'm Sunday, and that means we'll have a few days to like actually be at the show. Normally, we do these live shows, right? And Jake and I and Chris are tied to our developer booth, just saying the same hundred sentences over and over and over and over again. But that's not really going to be the case at this pack. So we'll have that's seen true. some of the show. Hopefully, have some anecdotes. It'll be good. I think it's going to be a good show. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sunday, whatever day that is. The Sunday the of PAX. And <clears throat> we're, I mean. The 30th, I believe. There are no mm-hmm. details yet, but we're also trying 30th. to put together some First. sort of outside of PAX Idle Thumbs meetup thing. So if you're in the area and not going to PAX for whatever reason, that may also, well, if, if that we'll, exists or we'll falls let, apart, we'll, we'll let, let you know. know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as in the storied history of Idle Thumbs Meetups. Idle Thumbs Meetups. We had one good one, but uh, yeah. We've had two good ones. Evening, two good ones. Yeah, the evenings are always challenging for yeah. Yeah, organization. And also just finding a space and stuff like that. What generally seems to happen is a huge crew amasses somewhere, and then they walk somewhere collectively in this huge, giant bundle, and either you find a space and it's amazing and it works really well, or everyone just kind of bounces off the door of that shitty Fox sports bar and nothing happens. <laughs> like One of those two things will go down. Yeah. Um, although we'll, we are trying to actually find a place that will take a reservation, yeah. which is tough because it's PAX weekend, but we're, we're trying. Yeah, we're working on it. Anyway, PAX, watch us. Um, it's not streamed or anything, but we're going to record it. So if you're not at PAX, that'll be that week's episode of Battle Thumbs. Yeah. Unless the recording erases, in which case... <laughs> sucks for you. In which case, somebody's <laughs> vine will be the only uh, yep. <laughs> evidence that this actually happened. We'll reconstruct it with vines. <laughs> yes. God. Okay, here. I'm saying this right now. If you're going to the Idle Thumbs panel, vine at just random parts during the show, and yes. and then maybe we can make a forum thread and have people reconstruct the entire thing through vines. Oh, this is the best idea. I'm just declaring the stupidest idea ever. No, it's maybe wonderful. Maybe will do a good job it's with great. it. It's great. The one guy at Vine bad. is like, yeah, sick vines. <laughs> <laughs> I have faith that the Idle Forum goers would make an amazing thing out of this because they make amazing things out of all sorts of nonsense. So, <laughs> Derek, you or Derek Lou, excuse me, would get a hold of it, and it would just be a perfect reconstruction. Yeah, he would like totally. motion match everything and like rotoscope shit that God. wasn't there. It would be like- it would just be a perfect reconstruction. <laughs> did Derek you, Lou has done? Did some you of see that, that the the Microsoft's hyperlapse video? Yeah, holy! Where crap. they took like the ten FPS quick like. It's they. It, it was like a. It basically takes like first person GoPro footage, and then at thirty frames per second, it does speeds it up to ten x, and then programmatically, it reconstructs three D space. Yeah, it reconstructs three D space, Whoa. builds a spline based on how oh the camera God. moves through the space, yeah. and then you can watch it, that GoPro footage again. But it like completely perfectly smooth, smooth like but, so as if it's on a dolly. Crazy. It's strange though because it actually looks like, like something on a on a bike or yeah, yeah, walking yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it looks like a modern version of like a Journeyman Project or Last Express type of video game in a certain way, though. Because <laughs> right, because it seems artificial. Be, well, right. and because it's made out of stills, people don't move smoothly, but the world moves smoothly. So the camera oh, is just sailing perfectly through this. the space. But then, like, if you see a person in front of you riding a bike. They just sort of are cross dissolving between yeah. my left foot's pedaling, my right foot's right. pedaling, or like you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's called, called hyperlapse. It's called hyperlapse. Oh, yeah. I forget so why cool. I started talking about this. Really oh, because that. because Derek Lou will make an amazing hyperlapse reconstruction of our panel, <laughs> yeah. where all of the different vines and in fact can somehow interpolate and soar between people's phones 
like, like Professor Batman. Xavier. Yeah, or Batman. <laughs> the end of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when Batman just becomes terrible. Yeah, that was, was the... I don't mean the movie thing. becomes terrible. I mean, the movie also is ridiculous that he does that, but also... It's only one way to stop the Joker. Yeah, yeah. Batman, police state, fascism, whatever, goes <laughs> yeah, right. off the charts right there. Pretty Lucius much. Fox comes back, though he forgives him. Of course. Because uh, it blows up, because he knows he just has to use it the one time. I don't know about that message. <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, it's not the best, really, when you think about it. Just I so. built this thing in a warehouse in a basement where my mansion's broken, and I'm not really working at my company right now. Anyway, this is a one-time thing that I'll never do again. <laughs> it's really hard to do. <laughs> it's in a shipping container, like, just made out of shit. <laughs> There isn't a five times bigger one of these. <laughs> it's so funny because the Dark Knight is so good, but if you describe it the way it is, it is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like, Pretty that much. was just an accurate description of the Dark Knight. Yeah. And I went, ugh. <laughs> woof. Yeah, yeah woof. Let's go. <laughs> Whoa. No, thank you. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, come see our podcast live show on Sunday <laughs> at PAX. It won't be the worst. Uh, at uh, eleven thirty a.m. Yeah, don't in, hold out for the cell phone in the Sphinx Theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no a, hyperlapse. That's, a, that's iffy. Um, also, another just housekeeping, I guess. Um, so we, uh, as you know, if you've if you listen to this podcast, and this is not your first one, um, the if it is though, right hi there, welcome, yeah, hi, welcome, <laughs> um, welcome aboard. Man, we should occasionally introduce ourselves, probably right, because. This podcast Not this week. Tune in next week to, listen, to know who you're listening to. <laughs> um, so the last two episodes we did, uh, as for World of Tanks, they were a sponsor of ours, which was uh, was really great of them. Um, but some people, um, some of our listeners, I think, pretty reasonably pointed out that there's something weird about doing um, sponsored episodes about games on a podcast where we where a big part of what we do is give qualitative like analysis and recommendations of games and so we um, have come to just the the decision amongst ourselves that we except in maybe really specific cases that we that we think are like have a really good reason um, we're not going to do um, more game sponsorships uh, we will instead seek sponsors in Areas that are kind of distinct from the core um, subject matter of our podcast. Um, I'll still happily talk about like headphones with neon green underlighting or something. But, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know. that's obviously fine. Call uh, us Razor. Yes. Razor. Call us Razor. I mean, call yeah. us Razor. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this was not 100% a reaction because readers complained. Like, it's. No, we had, had a long conversation. Yeah, 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 we've been just, talking about it among ourselves. Yeah, well. and when. When some of the when some of the points raised by people who listen to the podcast echoed some of our own concerns before we decided to take on that campaign, we sort of went, "Okay, it seems like everyone has got a sort of similar feelings." Like, of the same mind. They also yeah, just yeah. weren't really that fun to do because of all those because of all that baggage. You know, like when we talk about any of the sponsors, it would, like today's sponsors, for instance, like it's fun because there it's there's no baggage, and we also enjoy the products in a way that's sincere. So. It's the yeah, most we think it's, fun, though, yeah. when you can talk about how uh, a few weeks ago I bought Phil.fish. <laughs> I can't fucking... 
sorry that's still crazy to me in like every like two weeks you're mentioning it on twitter like you're just fucking poking the beat like the nest you're like i know is phil fish gonna come out of there and fucking lose his shit on me it's so weird i've never seen you be a weird passive internet bully. i don't know who pointed it out someone i think i feel like it was just in like the idle thumbs like in our team chat or something so like, we were talking about domain names and we we're just like phil dot fish what how is this what <laughs> anyway i <laughs> if you want to visit idlethumbs.net uh visit phil.fish or visit us at windowsinstallerfiles.cab <laughs> yeah someone bought that <laughs> anyway there was a great nature dives one too wasn't there yeah i know that was from a little while ago but uh yeah oh it's lovely <laughs> sorry now we actually had to sell that url back to them though because it's a product that's not going to be in the works probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, thanks for the feedback on the forums and stuff. People, we had a really good conversation about the sort of sponsorship in general. And thanks for being great at that. Yeah, You guys are nuanced and thoughtful as an audience uh, on the internet often is not. <laughs> so thank you very That's much. That's correct. <laughs> uh, anyone else play any cool video games? I bet the readers did because they have done everything right lately. <laughs> Do you want to hear from them, the readers? Uh, we can just wait for one of them to show up. Tell That's us weird. About a video do we have game. to do like an offering? You know, <laughs> to do a seance. <laughs> do I feel the reader's presence yeah. here? With Ring us? a bell if you're here, reader. <laughs> <laughs> Is the reader among us? The Get reader. The, board. <laughs> <laughs> the reader. That's the sequel to the Oracle. <laughs> yes, the reader. It's just a guy that's the Rhode Island reader. The Rhode, the Rhode Island, Island reader? reader? It's a serial killer. <laughs> that was the, the, I thought that was weekly. just like a weekly newspaper, <laughs> yeah. like a weekly alternative. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, I mean, it's that. Well, the Rhode Island reader is the actual Rhode Island reader. Island reader. <laughs> yeah. The Rhode Island reader is named that because God, he that wraps his body in the Rhode Island reader. Oh, a crossfade <laughs> montage of me being like, you know, Chris has no personal history before the year 2006. <laughs> Do you know that? It's weird, right? Sort of the, right before Chris moved here, the Rhode Island Reader was active. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the newspaper and like, the serial killer. Chris says he went to this high school, but like, he's not in any of the yearbooks. Chris has a really high journalistic acumen and is good at hiding bodies. <laughs> Chris let it slip that he's 65 years old. <laughs> That's obvious. Yeah. You know. Fair enough. Chris is the Zodiac. Oh my God. The Zodiac is the Rhode Island Reader. <laughs> <laughs> all the kill, all the murders are connected. <laughs> Guys, I solved line. the Zodiac mystery. It was the Rhode Island Reader. Uh, who, what? Oh, it was reported in the Rhode Island Reader that the Rhode Island Reader is the Zodiac. <laughs> I have killed myself. <laughs> I am the Rhode Island. The Rhode Island I am the Rhode Island Reader. <laughs> Sorry, the three of you saying it became a Spartacus moment. <laughs> like, all you guys in court. <laughs> so all like, this no, is happening me. as Sean is going, good, 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 yes. You just hear the rustle of a broadsheet. Or I guess it would be of a tabloid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a ball of blowing through the streets. Yeah, it's a tabloid, not a broadsheet? The Rhode Island Reader seems like it's a weekly. I guess it, maybe it's not. Maybe it is a broadsheet. Mm. It's not anymore. If the Rhode, Rhode Island, Island Reader is not yeah, those days are behind us. If the Chronicle's oh, no, not I... a broadsheet. <laughs> okay. It's outrageous that the Chronicle's not a broadsheet, but like... You know, I've bought the SF Chronicle every Sunday for six weeks. That's nice of you. It, yeah. it, it That's recent my response, times. Jesus. Like well, now? Like yeah, the last I'm on six my sixth week, yeah. But like the oh, Marin Independent Journal, crossword. I think, is still a broadsheet and the Chronicle's oh. not. It's wow. Really? The what? The what? The Marin IJ, I think. But that's still. because Marin's fucking, they got money coming out of their ears. So I bet whatever anything. San Jose paper exists, whatever their daily is, is still a broadsheet. It's, it's just San Jose beat. 
It's the Mercury. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mercury. Yeah. I bet the Mercury is still broadsheet. But maybe maybe the Rhode Island Raiders still broadsheet. <laughs> and at large. <laughs> <laughs> He's still out there. <laughs> Do you have any reader mail? Yeah. All right. Joaquin Lundqvist writes. <laughs> Wait, Joaquin Lundqvist? That's a fucking Joaquin awesome. Lundqvist. That's, that's a, a cool really nice name. name. Yeah, that's a good name. Joaquin's Hello, Christopher, name. Jacob, Sean, and Danielle. I've recently gone through a bad end to a collaboration. Wait, Jacob? Are you a Christopher? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, nice. I like this guy. I've recently gone through like a bad names. end to a collaboration. I don't expect I'll ever work with this person again, nor do I want to. The other person was quite hot-livered, so I, I knew that all I could do was to accept all the blame and move on with my life. Have you guys gone through any similar experiences you want to share? On an unrelated note, Jake, please share some hot scoops on Firewatch. Thanks for the podcast. Much love. CEJ on Idle Forum. Sean and Chris do not. Yeah. So let's just start off with that. Um, <laughs> uh, Campo Santo is going to be at PAX, and we have a panel where we're talking about our... Uh, we're going to be showing some gameplay and trailer for Firewatch. It's Saturday at 1030 in the Hedgehog Theater. Nice. And that will be live on Twitch. And that'll be well. live on Twitch. So it's Saturday, 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard so Time. So what was the question? Have you ever gone through a creative collaboration that ended poorly with someone who was hot-livered? I have. Yeah? What's have. the deal? Yeah. I, I went Dish. To, I went to film school for grad school, and I worked with my then-girlfriend at the time on all of our films. I produced all of her films, and mm-hmm. uh, we broke up, and it was sad and terrible. And then she refused to put my uh, contact information or whatever on IMDb, and it was a, it was a oh, thing. Oh, no. It was a this thing. This person was Diablo Cody. Yeah. <laughs> like, just with your life, I can see it being. I wish. Like, yeah, like, right. Like, I can just I see wish. it being, like, right. somebody, yeah. That would be cool. So I started my life as a paramedic, then a paratrooper, then a parasailer, <laughs> <laughs> then a genetic scientist. Uh, I have not yet been a, a, a I don't really trooper. do collaborations. Like, Jake is the first person who I started collaborating with. Like, so. Suffice to say, it will end terribly. fine now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the game might be bad, but we'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know. I've never it's really... It's really depressing when that happens, though, to people. I'm not you worried know, about that, because like... our... it's like the failure won't... Because like, I can just point all the shit he did wrong. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's fine. Um, what a hot like, response. It's, much, it's, it's much easier to... like. I haven't... I've always worn failure really personally, so like, it does help a little bit to fail as a group, even though I know it'll just personally like kill me. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Like, I... I haven't worked collaboratively so intensely as like one one to one on stuff. I usually end up either doing a thing entirely by myself or as part of a big enough group that it's more. If the relationship ever goes bad, it's because the team is big enough that there's one person. I'm just like, you're my enemy. You're my <laughs> enemy on this project. But that's so different than like, yeah, the two of us are spinning up ideas together and creating all these things, yeah. and then yeah. like. Like notable failed collaborations like Hoffler, Fur Jones, Type Foundry, <laughs> <laughs> The Beatles. Oh. Good list. <laughs> Beatles, Hoffler, Fur Jones, Type Library, you know, the classics. Classics. <laughs> the most Jake Rodkin of all lists. <laughs> God damn. Uh, but you know what, though? It's something that, like, I, I think it's – you come to this realization because we started a business, but kind of creative collaborations that are going to take up the bulk of your life – you can't you have to treat them like you would go into a relationship like it's like a marriage like it's harder for Jake and I to extract ourselves from each other at this stage both creatively and just like this was also a thing when we were talking about legally. Idle Thumbs Kickstarter too yeah. we were like cuz none of us had ever done anything like this before we're like oh this is now incredibly real extracting yourself <laughs> out of that once it becomes like a product especially if it's a product that makes money like is 
challenging. It's much more challenging than like a breakup, <laughs> like a romantic breakup where you're just like, go live with your buddy for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. So well, I think, I don't know. Just I just go into those, I don't think it's, you just go into those things like really, you have to like be really in tune with your gut about what the relationship is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it can be as heartbreaking as a romantic relationship too. I mean, yeah, if you yeah, really yeah, love your sure. work and you really believe in it and you feel like, well, now I'm shut out of this wonderful, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, but like, you know, like. Thing. Yeah. It has to be like trust is really the thing. I, I've never had one of those. Like if I screwed you over, you screwed me over. It would be devastating. It would fucking yeah. wreck my life. All I don't know what I would do. All <laughs> the situations that I've been in where I've had some amount of creative agency, it's not been a pure relationship as far as the power structure goes when it has gone badly. It has almost yeah. always been, I feel like I'm getting dicked over by some sort of powers that be or realizing that I'm doing an incredibly shitty job as a leader but those are never that's never a peer relationship in my personal experience so I look forward to the time that a peer relationship crumbles <laughs> <laughs> not this one it'll be the next one after this one ends successfully no hot livers <laughs> no our livers are cool 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 liver cool liver, cool liver they call me <laughs> <laughs> cool liver vanaman yeah um Katrin Baker writes... I'd never heard the term hot-livered before. Yeah, and it good. just reminded me of that song. I wonder if it's blooded. a translation, like an idiomatic expression. It's a phrase that... It definitely feels like a phrase, though. Yeah. 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 But I like it very much. All right. Katrin Baker writes, Divinity and Dota. Hey, Thumbs, during one of your semi-recent casts, someone mentioned the game Divinity Original Sin, and I believe <laughs> I heard me. the phrase, Oh, we should play that game. I was just wondering Shh. if any of you had done so yet. This game was not even on my radar until a couple days before release, and I'm loving it. I haven't played an RPG with combat that feels this satisfying in a long time. I'm hoping you will play it so you can talk about it. Additionally, I'm rooting for that AC Slater versus Potato Day match in the recreational so I can hear you guys do professional grade shoutcasting. Please make it happen, Katie. So uh, I thought when I started reading this that it was going to somehow connect Divinity and Dota. It only did. I was going to toss it to you. Katie just decided to write about a couple things I'm into. Yeah, it connected. It connected (laughs) through one of the greats with Sean Vanaman. Yeah, Yeah. the conduit. I have nothing to say other than I really. Would you care to make that tenuous that create that tenuous connection that I just spuriously? Oh, like mechanically inside the games? No. Okay, never mind then. (laughs) They're both. They both are top down. They're both Diablo. Yeah, click. What are the What are the odds? I mean, Dota's really just a Diablo, right? You just click. What? <laughs> you click on stuff. Oh. What are the odds of Potato Day AC Slater Low. showdown? Low. Yeah. So even in the loser bracket, we're both in. The, no, no, no. I guess we're both in the winners bracket right now. Because oh. we went two zero. <laughs> Jake looks amazing. So by it's this. a double elimination <laughs> tournament where if you get knocked out, you go down to the losers bracket and then you can fight your way back into the championship. But we are in opposite. Literally, think of just like an yeah. a bracket. They're at like. It's not wasn't seated just randomly. They're on one side of the bracket, and we're on the other side of the bracket. So you guys don't have to fight your way from complete opposite ends of the bracket to basically the, the end to the semifinals. Not impossible. We probably, I mean, everyone else in the record. We play worse. Teams. Throw your games so that this happens, please. We, Thank we you. play less experienced teams on the way to the semifinals, so I could see us maybe getting there. They play a fucking rogues gallery of ice cold killers. <laughs> I don't so, know how. So were there a cross cut montage of but this? But AC is an awesome captain. That dude is an awesome, awesome captain. Like talking to those guys about when they lost their second game. Did Nick talk about this? No. Yeah, that guy like got on team speak and was like, everybody calm down. You're pissed. You're angry. You're afraid of getting knocked out of this tournament. Everybody calm down. Pick your favorite hero. Let's go play Dota. And they won. Like, 
the problem with our team is we're all friends, so there's nobody who can do that. Because if Nick's like, everybody calm down, I'm like, oh, fuck you, Nick. Come on. This is Nick Herman from Telltale. <laughs> you know? And he's like, what, what? And Brad's like, this goes silent. Um, but we had a great first match. We had you a need to coach Taylor. We would, oh my gosh. We actually, we have a like off, off hours coach. There's no coaches allowed in the matches. Uh. Um, and you have to have your on the field captain, but we have a, we have a secret off the field coach who's helped us out a little bit. The culture around that entire tournament is actually frog. been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, cool. I hope it happens because I just want you guys yeah. to cast it. Me too. Tom Kidd writes, "Hope for the future." Hey guys, I thought I'd send along a quick anecdote about kids in Minecraft. Yeah. My my wife and I went to a friend's house for an evening of board games. The couple has an eight year old daughter, and they're hardcore gamers, so their daughter is naturally into Minecraft. Another woman, Kathy, came along with her own eight-year-old daughter, so the two girls played while the rest of us played Cards Against Humanity. At some point, Kathy... <laughs> Sorry, just the two eight-year-olds in another room. My mom, mom's just like, Hitler's dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Good pull. Because everything was I was awesome. saying, I couldn't say on the podcast in my head. I was like, yeah. oh, 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 Hitler's dick, of course. Yes, Hitler's dick. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Um, at some point, Kathy's daughter came in uh, ran over to her related. Wait, hold on, I'm reading this incorrectly. Oh, I see. At some point, Kathy's daughter ran over to her, elated, gasping for air from excitement, saying, "Hitler's dick." <laughs> <laughs> I made it in Minecraft. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect dick with a tiny mustache. <laughs> Okay. It could have a red armband. <laughs> oh Make sure it has one ball. That's way more doable in Minecraft. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Oof. <sighs> what? This is like an otherwise heartwarming story that yeah. is not. Okay, I know we ruined it. I'm sorry because <laughs> last week we I, had the I, best. I, I fucking made this bed. I got lying. Yeah. It now. <laughs> we had the best emails and we didn't ruin them. <laughs> sorry. I wasn't here last week. All right. So at some point, Kathy's daughter ran over to her, ran over to her, elated, gasping for air from excitement, saying, "Mom, mom, she plays Minecraft too, and she, she, she has mods." Then she scurried <laughs> away. The incident made me really happy. As a PC gamer, the last console generation was sort of brutal since we started. Uh, um, oh, since as consoles became a more dominant platform, there's a lot of fear of mainstream development leaving PC entirely. Um, but even if the ids, epics, and Bethesda's abandoned it, someone in a garage somewhere would make the next Counter Strike, and it would start over again. The next Counter-Strike was obviously Minecraft, but in recent years we've seen Steam become the de facto PC gaming platform, Humble Bundles filling up everyone's library with diverse interesting games and the rise of competitive gaming. And now eight-year-old girls are getting giddy over PC game mods. It flashes me back to trying to get mods running on Quake 1 in 1996, over a decade prior to either of these girls being born. So every time someone gets mopey over uh, over games or whines about free-to-play or too many Call of Duty sequels, I can look to how, how t- kid, ugh, today's kids want to run PC games on actual computers with mods and think that there's hope for the future. Tom Kidd, I agree with P.S. I agree with everyone. Danielle is an excellent addition to the podcast, not only because she's great on the show and brings a new perspective, but also because my wife complains a lot less when I play the show in the car. <laughs> well, that's rude. That's really sweet. <laughs> that's a really sweet story, both for the amazingly flattering thing that they said at the end and for just that's so awesome. And it also makes me happy that it's not like, you know, they're not super excited to play Barbie's horse adventure. They're excited to play Minecraft with mods. That it's makes also- me that makes me really thrilled. This is also two weeks in a row that have stories about kids 
who apparently who, young kids who are conscious enough of how to install mods into Minecraft that they that they that it's a topic in their of, vernacular. Like, discussion. Yeah. I don't like there's an eight year old who can install a mod in Minecraft. I love it. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that I don't like. I'm like, oh, how do you? They probably just. Watch I, mean, I got to Google. I can figure it out. I mean, that's the thing. Eight-year-olds just watch a YouTube video how to do anything that they know how to do. I know. It, it's amazing. Know. It's actually really but Yeah, cool. an eight-year-old before, learns how to install a Minecraft YouTube, mod. Even before YouTube, eight-year-olds figure that shit out because they just figure out how to do it that's because true. they have nothing else to do. Because their entire life... We talked about this on the like, podcast. We're yeah. like, when you're eight... 99% of being alive is just figuring out how to do exactly. something for the yeah. first time. You don't know time. how to do anything, so the fact that you don't know how to install a mod is not a deterrent. Right. So you don't, you don't have to do fucking literally <laughs> anything. And so you're just like, well, this is a thing I want to do. I'll just keep doing it till I do it. Right. And probably obvi- still afraid of the alien that's coming through your skylight. So, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. But yeah, this, this clearly comes from, like, thinking about how kids learn about a Minecraft mod, I imagine is kind of this strange combination of the weird future where it's because a kid plays on someone else's Minecraft server and sees that there's crazy shit that you can do, but also it's the schoolyard conversation has to be a part of it, right? Where they're like, oh, well, I play this Minecraft server where you can do XYZ, which is the, like, way more awesome version of the the one that we've talked about forever, which is, oh, my friend's uncle's nephew works in japan yeah this instead it's it's that where you're like i did this crazy thing on this other guy's minecraft server but it's actually real and you can just go do it yourself by learning how right. to do it That's and then really you also point. know how to mod games like that that amazing. you saying that really makes me think i made the fart about... sound shit we're not supposed to make that sound anymore sorry go ahead chris <laughs> okay. so one of the things i remember that is like my memories of elementary school are kind of just sporadic you know like i don't have like super great thorough memories of all that stuff but i you know like everyone remembers it basically and a very significant part of my memories of that age is the way that fads would take over yeah, of course. elementary school in a thorough way that just eclipses and they sort of like like truly viral yes. <laughs> like before yes. that word became a dead yeah. cliche and i'm talking about right before yeah. we all had the internet and Where, like stuff, somebody went on just... vacation that summer and, and came, came back, back with a yo-yo yes exactly right like and those but those things would would take one of two Forms usually they were either things that were like manufactured, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or something, something that was like some well, like company pogs. deliberately, yeah, like says this is going to be a thing that's going to be popular because we have a vested interest in making it popular and we're targeting it towards kids and it's going to be fucking huge, or it's like yo-yos or complicated jump ropes or things that are like it's much like more a bottom, rediscovered bottom thing yeah, exactly. that's been in the gen- bin, generic yeah. thing. Minecraft is a crazy new one that's in between those in that it's definitely a thing made by specific people but it wasn't made by like a media company right. trying to like demographically target something it was just a crazy but it's ga- kind of like, grown into that at this point like kids now grow into there being minecraft toys on a shelf in toys that's Us. true i suppose i guess it but is that kind feels, of graduated to that but, all that but stuff i think feels that's the result like of a result it of becoming it, yeah. a phenomenon Right, but I mean, I think that now makes it self-perpetuating in the way of the constructive one, even though it was not malicious, right. malicious probably, or aggressive. Like, it doesn't true. feel like there's, but it, it doesn't feel like there's a like initiative deck behind it. It's just right. sort of it's people it, making lots of money. I, I don't disagree with that. It's so weird when you see like a the cactus man T-shirt in a hot topic. Right, right, well, that's that's the, when you're walking through a yeah, shitty mall that you don't want to be in. It's, it like, is different is now though because because <laughs> Minecraft is spread either entirely organically, virally, where a kid plays Minecraft and tells another kid about it. Or it's because you're a kid in elementary school who dresses as a creeper for Halloween and has five creeper, creeper t-shirts and a creeper lunchbox, and then it's like, oh, you, what do you, why do you have all these things? Why do you like them? Oh, it's Minecraft, right. you know, like, but it's 
you're, it's weird that it does like it has such a different path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, the most fascinating thing for me in the last few months that I've done was I actually went to the arcade in Santa Cruz and all the all the prizes. No, but all the prizes are Minecraft merchandise. Like mm, the Minecraft yeah. the box yeah. head thing or the right, t-shirts yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever else. And it, and it's I mean it's fascinating for several reasons because it's older arcade games and then you know iPad or iPhone games that are now blown up and made to be arcade games in the in the traditional arcade space. Do and then all threes? the prizes are Minecraft. I I don't think they had three. The Santa- so they had like Fruit Ninja and things right, like that, yeah, you know. So. Like Does the Santa Cruz Boardwalk still have laser tag? Yes, and I played it and it was great. God. And I, I almost won. I went there with you one time. Dude. Yeah, we played Laser Day at the Boardwalk. Yeah, you guys should go it's again. Really fun. It's an hour away. It's all. Chi- it was all children and myself and my girlfriend and like another. I haven't friend, been to Santa Cruz in so long. Are you even allowed back there? Didn't yeah. you sort of leave under guys <laughs> under under darkness? <laughs> no. I quit my job for a career in the video game industry. <laughs> now to what? play professional laser tag. I had recently <laughs> got my uh, car insurance back and my driver's license in the clear, and I uh, got in my car and left. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the memories. <laughs> got my shots and left Santa Cruz. <laughs> Do you need, are we, uh, I'll close it out with this one. This okay. is kind of a goofy one. Um, yes. We don't, I don't read a lot of these anymore, but what the hell. Uh, this is not... What the hell? Baboo wizard, same no. puffin. <laughs> This is a dream email. Um, no, but you are not. In, this is not an implicit yeah, endorsement. Not a, like I'm not soliciting more dream emails. Right. Just, uh, all right. Angelic Mayhem writes, "Dear Idle Thumbs, since I know you folks enjoy emails about dreams, not true, but we're doing you a favor this time." And <laughs> we did not. You started with a falsehood. Yeah. Uh, but we chair. In my dream last night, I was flying on a plane to Oklahoma City to attend a press junket at the Hobby Lobby, which was <laughs> announcing a brand new video game division. Oh. <laughs> Okay. I was I was hostile and attending this event against my will. I arrived <laughs> I arrived and walked up to an overly boisterous priest who exclaimed, "You have to meet our new press contact. It's the one and only Nick Brecken." He says he's super rad. As I stood in line waiting to interview Nick, I became fearful that the cup of coffee in my hand would cool too quickly to properly convey my contempt of his betrayal when I threw it in his face. So I broke apart my laser pointer to Jerry rig a heating device. I felt the tap on my shoulder. Without turning to acknowledge who it was, I blurted out, not now, I'm trying to burn someone. <laughs> then the sweetest Rhode Island accent said, yes. don't worry, he's a spy. <laughs> Wait, it's he, sweetest Rhode Island accent said, don't worry, he's a spy. Instantly, everything was okay. <laughs> I woke up and shot off this email. I guess this is my way of saying welcome, Danielle. Angelic Mayhem. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I just like the idea of Nick Brecken being a double agent under the employee of the Hobby Lobby video game publisher. And it, it's again, all good if somebody that's like what I can't remember what I said the other day, but if somebody said that that was true, like all right, yeah, okay. yeah that's fine, that's, that's real. <laughs> tracks, yeah. that's that's Nick. Tracks with the Nick Brecken I know, or don't know. Exactly. Nobody really knows Nick Brecken. That's I true. was really excited about something before that email, and I forgot what it was. I saw it in your eyes. Oh, I was the Santa Cruz thing. Oh. Mm. <laughs> You're excited about the, your statute of limitations on all your crimes? No, no, no. Just <laughs> go back. You play laser tag every day. Get some Brazilian. Yeah, they have the spot. they have the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. You know, it's just a big yeah, old yeah, classic yeah. boardwalk. Um, and for some reason, I think it was related to when I was on the college paper. I ended up having to drive over there at like ten thirty or eleven. No, it was, it was earlier than that because it was winter. It was probably just six or seven. But it was after dark on like the windiest, stormy day of my entire existence in Santa Cruz. Boardwalks in the middle of a windstorm <laughs> are the most haunted, fucking freaky Amazing. things in the world. Like the fences were blowing over, leaves were going everywhere. It just looked like a real life Silent Hill. 
but Did actually, the haunted okay. house beckon the honestly what it looked like was the Shout arcade game Carnival. the light gun shooter it'll bleed a little bit of that see Kojima's doing a Silent Hill game yes oh my god what with Guillermo del Toro yeah yeah I didn't know this. Dude, read Polygon, man. Yeah, Polygon.com. Get all okay. the news. Use the promo code thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> promo code thumbs. Polygon.com slash thumbs. That's where everybody Just gets redirect from. to idle thumbs. You know where you can use the promo code thumbs? Is that NatureBox. Whoa. Yeah. A delicious snack subscription service. If you go to NatureBox.com and use the promo code thumbs, you will get 50% off your first NatureBox full of delicious treats that you will love we recommend the pea box mm-hmm. peas ask, pineapples ask for, it, ask for it by name and then we'll go we don't know what we don't know what that, that is but you can have some dry, but like, there's some, some things like, that are in that peas, peas, wasabi peas yeah. Yeah. yeah raising wasabi <laughs> video games god we were, we're, we're someone is going to say something about something before the first break I forget what it was going to be about. Um, good, that's a really good thing I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was going to say something about something, and I forgot what it was. Speaking to a microphone, something was like announced. Re- oh, Sierra. Oh, that's Sierra. right, Sierra. We're not returning to Sierra. No. What? Come on! You want to talk about that? Or is this going to go into the podcast somewhere? I'm stuck. Break out mess. that dual stick 360 controller. Get your reflexes ready, gamers, because Sierra's coming back. <laughs> Geometry Wars 2, 3. I'm legitimately game. excited about Geometry Wars. King's Quest. It's in the top five. Top five They're bringing back log. the heyday of Sierra overextending itself from the makers of Hoyle <laughs> Casino games. Some shitty arcade thing. And I guess Half-Life comes Geometry Wars. It is really strange that Sierra said, let's reinvigorate the brand and like went to the wall of playbooks. Of like, let's which company and which then era and grab the, of grab the Majesco want? one and went like, that's the playbook <laughs> yes. we're gonna follow. Well, no, it, it is actually, a wide weird net. Let's do this. They, they took if they make the Jaws brands, game, I'm all for it. Brand identity sucks. It feels like they opened up Sierra Online's Wikipedia page, took every era of their company out, put it on Wheel of Fortune, spun, and were like, oof, late era CD-ROM. Well, there we go. This is this is what it is. Publish anything to stay in. Oh, we're out of business. You know what's weird in the press release? Maybe they're actually just trying to go back in time. So, like, they have to start with, like, they're like, it's like, <laughs> we're going to end with amazing groundbreaking adventure games. Exactly. And a rebrand right. of the name to get there. Online. To get there, we have to slog back. God, through. that means the next phase is Half Life 3, though. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because if we're in the reverse, like, if this is yeah, yeah, Benjamin yeah. buttoning through the death throes, exactly the right. next one is Half-Life. <laughs> yeah, not bad. And then after that, not it's, like, fucking bad. competing it's with like Disney and Chris McGowan. Oh, no, yeah, we gotta get to Phantasmagoria, and then we get to, like, King's Quest Seven, and then we get to King's Quest Six, Lots which is, like, fucking sick. No problems. And then we'll maybe get some Space Quest-type stuff, and then we're gonna get... We're gonna eventually roll back to soft porn text adventure, though, so... <laughs> maybe we'll I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I feel like Itch.io is the place for these things now. Gonna ride you know? it out, man. We're going to end up in the Itch.io soft porn. <laughs> we just got to ride it out. Perfect. We got to ride porn. this out. Itch.io soft porn. My new game. We're going to ride it out. Till- <laughs> I don't like that it says itchy in it. No good. <laughs> slight, slight issue. I don't know why you didn't say I really, I really <laughs> like the theory really that Sierra is Benjamin buttoning. Though. I like uh, that a lot. Of, oh, yeah. Just, Glad that, that pleased you. Reverse uh, age. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they were they weirdly get, like contacted Ken Williams to just 
give them a soundbite in the press release. He was just like, "That's what you do." Can't though. wait to see this. <laughs> it was bizarre. Come on, there, there was no indication about like that he has any involvement or like anything to do with anything. That's the, in this post Kickstarter era. That's the move that you make. That's that's true. Gotta get that name. Classic in there. adventure game guy shows up in your to endorse. Yeah, <laughs> he just shows up in the video for ten seconds. Thumbs up. And I mean, goes. like. Who knows what Irrational Games is doing and who knows what that guy is, like, what what's up at that studio. But you know that when 2K dis- or when Take-Two decides they're going to reinvigorate the Bioshock franchise at some point, which they will inevitably do, if Ken Levine is not involved, his phone's at least going to ring. Yeah, and someone's going to be like, please say something in our press release. And <laughs> right, he's like, yeah. those other guys got that other Ken. Classic Ken's. You know, there's another Ken Levine who's a screenwriter. Yeah, he worked on worked on Cheers. I know. I found this out recently on a Wikipedia. Wait, so when dive. Ken Levine has his, because isn't he writing the Logan's Run yes. screenplay? Is he going to be like Ken F Levine or it's something? It's going like, to have to be on IMDb. There's going to have to be some Kenneth, differentiation. Kenneth Levine. Kenneth Q Levine. <laughs> yeah, because like Kenneth... WGA is not going to let that fly. It's true. Yeah. Is that how that works? There can't be two Ken Levines. Yeah. <laughs> There are, though. I mean, Not for the same <laughs> discipline, the no. The two Levines. The Rhode Island reader, Kent Levine. <laughs> oh, it's the Cheers guy, though. <gasps> God. Yeah, fun out in this podcast, friend. Oof. Oh, yeah. Naturebox.com, promo code thumbs. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the outro they want. 